appreciate very much the prayer that Van led this morning. In, in that prayer, as we prayed together, we prayed that our coming together would bring us closer to God. That's my desire in bringing the few words that I'll bring. I, I hope that the thoughts that we bring will sink into your hearts and cause you to want to think about it and your situation and where you're at with God. I'm going to talk this morning about faith and trust. And I'll tell you in the very beginning of, of the lesson that there is no faith without trust. We, we can do that with our mates if we're dating someone, if we're, we're trying to do certain things with someone. If we don't trust them, then we have no faith with them and we won't do business with them and that sort of thing. You know, I believe the reason that this is so important or that it is mentioned so many times in the Bible, the Old, Old, Old Testament all from Genesis 1, we read over and over that the writers of the Scripture reminds us about the fact that God is the creator of all things and the giver of life. If we can't convince man that he is the creator of all things and the giver of life, then how can we cause them to have enough trust in God to have faith? I know we've talked about these things and been talked about for almost a year. But the times that we're living in today sometimes causes us to overreact because of what's happening in the world. And this can cause our faith to be weak. I don't know what your concern is this morning. I don't know how concerned you are. But I know the whole world is upset. And it's been upset for a good long time. So I want to remind us this morning about where our faith and trust should be and who it should be in. I want to tell you, parents, that this is not altogetherly bad because it's a, a great time to teach your children about trust in God and about faith and where their faith needs to be. And you can teach them that by the way that you react to these situations that are happening to us in the world today. How strong is your faith? How, how do you trust or how much do you trust in God? Do you trust in Him enough to go ahead and carry on every day just like nothing has gone on. Some of the things that took place, and, and I went back further than the virus, but that has caused great doubt and fear in our country and in our land. It started out, or I thought about the church shootings that happened a while back, maybe a year ago now, the viruses, politics, Kids not going to school, global warming, and one of the oldest of all times is the fact, my way or no other way, and man wants his way. Stock market, crop prices, we could go on and on about what people are upset about today. Let's read from first, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5. Let's know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, 
without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And we read this a lot of time, and we talk about the fact that we're in the last days, and we see things happening in, the, in our country that had never happened before, and they get worse and worse. But I read this for two reasons. One reason is that, that life is not always going to be a bed of roses. There's going to be things happen. There's going to be things happen to us in the church that we have to overcome because of what man and because of what the world does from day to day. But the other thing I want to notice is that, that in verse number five, he said they had a form of godliness. These people that are going to be doing all these things in the last days, surely they're Satan's followers and they don't have anything to do with God. But he said they have a form of godliness, but denying the power. Whatever godliness they had, they denied that God was real. They de denied that God was, was true. And I believe this is why some are, some are in such a state of panic today, because they've left the faith and they've left the power of God. In Philippians 4, verse number 6, Philippians 4, verse number 6, the Scripture says, Be careful or don't worry for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be known unto God. Turn your concerns over to God. We like to fix it ourselves. Turn your concerns over to God. I firmly believe that the congregation as a whole has done this during these hard times. Prayer has been more important than it's ever been before, and I don't take that away from what we did before. And we still need to grow in prayer, and we still need to grow closer to God in our prayers. But I commend you for the prayers that you've given for those that have lost loved ones, for those that are sick, for all those things that have happened in our nation during this time. Proverbs, the third chapter, verse number five. Proverbs 3, verse number five. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. And everyone here knows where the answers are. God has all the answers. But he said that we need to trust God with our heart, and lean not to our own understanding. I believe one of the biggest problems we've had through all these times is the news media and all those things that have happened to us is the fact that we hear things and we rely on our understanding. But our understanding needs to come from the Word of God if we're going to be able to, to survive during this time. You know, it makes me think about Second Peter 1 verse 20 when, the, when it says, No scripture is of any private interpretation. So what does that mean to you and what does that mean to us or to me? We accept the scripture for what it is. And we leave our interpretations, our understanding, our, our sometimes worldly understandings out of it. We need to understand what God has given us and, and, and accept it for what it is and for what he put there. 
In Psalms 119, verse number 34, <clears throat> David here prayed to God. And I think it's a, a prayer that we probably have been praying and we need to pray always. David said, Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. And I said before, our understanding that we need to have is from God. But David said, Lord, give me this understanding. And if you give me that understanding, and I don't guess he's propositioning God, but he said, if, if I have that understanding, then I'm going to worship you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep thy law. Folks, I believe this comes home to every one of us. If we understand the Word of God, if we look at that rather than our own understanding, then when we have that understanding that God gives, we will keep His will. Romans 1, verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I shouldn't ask the question, but are you just? How can you gauge that? How do you know this morning? Scripture says the just shall live by faith. So I ask another question. What are you living by today? The worries of the world come between you and your faith. We need to realize that if we're going to be just, if we're going to be pleasing in the sight of God, we have to live by faith. Colossians, the second chapter, verse number five through eight. And we mentioned here that Paul is speaking to Christians. Paul said, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am not, yet am I with you in the spirit. Join, beholding your order. He said, I'm not there, but I see what you're doing. Understand. And he said, Beholding your order, the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. He said, this is what I observe when I look and see what you're doing. I believe we could say that about the congregation here through all these hard times. That our faith has been strong. We know who to go to for help in time of need. But he said that he's checked on those things even though he was not there. He goes on and says... As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. So we know He's speaking to Christians, and He said, You've received Christ, walk in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. Well, it's, it's more than one place that we could read. talks about establishing Christians in the faith. So I believe it's very important that we think about faith very often. Because we need to be established in the faith. We need to not have doubt in what our beliefs is concerning God and His promises and what He's promised to do for us. He said, as you have been taught, abounding therewith, thanksgiving. As I said before, we've prayed, we've thanked God for the good things through these hard times. And we continue to ask Him for help to, to continue on. But he, he closes in saying this, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men. The warning is, stick with God's Word, trust God and His Word, but don't 
let men deceive you and, and pull you astray from God. He said these things that, that he's talking about, the rudiments of the world, the deceit and the traditions of men, they're not of Christ, but they're of the world. And as, as we want to, to leave with us this morning, the fact that we want to be of God and not of the world. And in these times when we have so many things thrown at us and things happen to us in our own personal lives, it's easy for us sometimes to lose a little bit of that faith and look at the things in the world and look at them more importantly than we should. First Peter 5, verse number 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I ask you the question and ask yourself, how could you not have faith and trust in a God that wants everything good for you? Everything. Even in the hard times, even in the bad times, God wants the best for his children. Hebrews 13, verse number 5. Let your conversation or manner of life be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The thought through these times that we need to always have is, the promise is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now he said he's talking about covetousness and he's talking about being content. So I carry this over to what's going on today, and it's very easy not to be content when all these things are going on around us. But because of the promises of God, because He said, I'm with you no matter what. If we lose everything that we have physically in this life, it doesn't matter because we have God. He's there and He will see us through. Is your faith based on that promise today that He's there and He'll never leave you? We should have that. Faith is trust in someone or something. You go back to the garden of, with Adam and Eve and you think about what happened with them. Why did they sin? Why did they not keep the commandments of God? You see, when Satan entered in, their trust went to someone else instead of God. And when their trust went to someone else, their faith went away also. They partook of the fruit, they sinned, and they were cast from the garden. They lost their faith and their trust in God. I think it's very ironic to say that this is the first temptation that ever took place with mankind, and man failed. Just like I'm warning us today that we, it could happen to us in the same way. It's been talked about recently about Jesus in the ship in Mark, the fourth chapter, where he went to sleep. The storm came up. The apostles woke him up. They were afraid. The ship's going to sink. In the 40th verse of that chapter, Jesus asked two questions. He said, why are you so fearful? 
Jesus was there. He had never left. He might have been asleep, but he was in the boat with them. Why are you so fearful? What's the problem? But the really the one that really strikes home to me, and I don't know if I've noticed it before, is the fact the second question, he could have said, well, you know, your faith got weak here for a little bit, and so you turned, or you just didn't have quite enough. But here's the second question. How is it that you have no faith? Christ said they didn't have any faith because they woke him up. They were afraid. They lost the trust in him and his word. Remember the promise, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Same thing happened, and we're familiar with that, with Peter walking on the water. What happened to Peter? And we've had it described in lots of different ways. When he stepped out on the water and he walked and he started to walk to Jesus, he had all faith and confidence, trust in Christ. It's going to be all right. And then did he not look at his own understanding and say, hey, I'm standing out here in the, in the water. Water don't hold you up. You see, he lost his faith and trust in Christ. And what happened? If we do it, we will sin even as these did. We need never to lose our faith and trust in God and His Word or lest we can lose our faith as well. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. I know he's talking here to Timothy, and he, but however, I believe the same thing is true with us today. God wants us to not be afraid, and he wants us to be happy and satisfied and good about our salvation. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 2 and 3. Notice again that Paul is talking about Christians. I find that very interesting whenever he talks about faith in so many places about these Christians need to be stronger in faith. And, and we're not reading the word that, that it states it exactly that way, but we see it over and over again that, that they've been encouraged to increase their faith and to do uh, closer, to be, live closer to God. First Thessalonians 3, verse 2 and 3. Paul said, and sent Timothy, okay, <clears throat> and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. He said, I sent Timothy over there to you, you, you Christians, and I'll send him over there. Why did you do this? What was he going to do? He said, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Here's some Christians. That's what we are here today. Do we need somebody to come? And I hope the lesson in some sense will establish us more in our faith. It'll comfort us. It'll give us comfort because that's what he sent Timothy over there to do. And he said that no man should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves know that we are appointed on un appointed thereunto. Today's concerns and, and what we went through all this past year, I believe could be 
compared to the afflictions that he's talking about here. And we need to be sure that we don't lose our faith over anything that's happened to us this, this time. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Talking to Christians again, he said, the Lord is faithful. He's going to establish you. He's going to keep you from evil. And we know where our keeping from evil is found in the Word of God. He promised them that he'd keep them if they'd stay in the faith. Psalms 18, verse number 2. The Lord is my rock. I want to pay close attention to what David says here. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. How could that be? He said, because in whom I trust. My buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high, high tower. Folks, what else do we need? What else would David need? Of all these things that he said, and he had those things because of his great trust in God. And I encourage us to have that same manner or to have that great trust ourselves. Remember, the Scripture says, in him we live, move, and have our being. I believe that's what David is, is explaining here. Everything that I need, God provides, and I trust him with and for that. Proverbs 28, verse 25 and 26 he that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord, not stirring up strife, he that put his trust in the Lord is made fat, or I consider this is, is made good. The things he does is, is good. He that trusts us in his own heart, to go back to our understanding, our own understanding, he that trusts us in his own heart is a fool, but whosoever walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. He that is of proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that trusteth in the Lord. And I ask the question again, as always, when we're speaking and talking about it, where are you with your trust in the Lord? I'm not judging you today, but I want you to look at your own life. There may be some reason maybe because of the things that's happened, like I said, in the past year that has caused our faith to waver, to not be as strong as we know it should be and as it has been. How righteous or faithful overcome the temptations of this world is and always is the same, trust in God and His Word. The things we're going through today make this even more important. They're more important than they've ever been. We need to get near to God. And there's ways we do that, and we'll talk about that. If we get near enough to God, we can overcome whatever happens to us in this life. Hebrews 10, verse 22 and 23. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Don't let anything come between you and your faith in God. And as I said in the beginning, when we read about all those things that were going to happen in the last days, 
and the things that have happened to us, very easy to make our faith waver if we're not concerned with enough with God's will. But it says to hold fast to the profession of your faith because he is faithful that promised. Our trust in God is because we believe his promises. We believe the ultimate goal is heaven and he's prepared a place for the faithful. <clears throat> in Psalms 34, verse 22, the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate or be alone. There's none of us like to be alone and there's been some of that has been in going on while all these things have been going on. But he said, if we trust in the Lord, we'll never be desolate. We won't ever be alone, never again. And that goes back to what we read, for he's always there. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Psalms 118, verse 8 and 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And we know that. But our world seemed to put people of different degrees, though maybe the rich, those that are in some kind of authority, but that's nothing to com compared with how that we should think about God and think about our Lord. Trust in the Lord, not in man. Man can do nothing for us. Man cannot save our soul. 1 Timothy 4, verse 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. We can and will endure all things. Why? Because we trust in the living God. Again, I say if we don't trust in Him, then our faith will definitely be weak. And you know, we couldn't talk about faith without reading Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6, as we know very well, says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to Him must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Impossible without faith. Remember, we read the just shall live by faith. I think about situations that happen to us here in this life, and sometimes we're asked to do certain things. And we decide in this, in our mind, well, just how much of it or how far do I go in order to get the reward or to get what I'm wanting out of this situation. So I want to turn that over to faith and ask the question, how much faith does it take? Pretty simple question. Without faith, it's impossible. How much does it take? Well, you know what the next question is. How much faith do you have? Only you know. Are you trying to get to heaven with as little faith as, as you possibly can have? I hope not. I believe all of us need more, but that's because of us being human and we need to work on it at all times. Sometimes it seems like we have a great faith until temptation comes along. Remember Adam and Eve? Remember Peter? 
you know, Adam and Eve had it made. That's a term I like to use. They had it made. But when they lost faith and trust in God, they sinned and were cast from the garden. I'm made to think about Galatians 6, verse 1, where it says, If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, ye which have a lot of faith, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. But here's the line I want us to think about as we think about our faith this morning and how strong we may think we have the strongest faith of anyone. But he said, Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. If you're here this morning and are not tempted by things, raise your hand. The danger is, he said, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Go to that person and help them back. But you know, it looked good to him at one time, or her. And if we're not careful, and we look at those things trying to help someone else, it might look good to us. And that's the warning he gives us. Consider thyself. I want us to all remember that today. Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. Hebrews, Hebrews 4 verse number 16 tells us how that we can keep the faith. And as I said before, I believe the congregation has done a good job here during these times. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. Come to God in prayer expecting results. That we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. I commend you on your prayers coming to the Lord. Not only to ask for those things that you need or that we needed as a congregation. But also that we thank Him. Even sometimes when times are hard, we forget to thank God. But there's always blessings if we'll just look for them. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Keep the faith and receive the promise. John 14, verse 27. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Millions of people are looking to the world for the peace that's not there when we have it in the Word of God. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I hope that's where we're at this morning, that we have enough faith and trust in God that we're not going to let our heart be troubled. We're not going to be afraid because we realize He's there and He will help us in time of need. Trust in the living God and your faith will be strong. If you're here this morning and have never obeyed the gospel and have been previously taught and would like to be baptized, we would assist you, hope to or like to assist you in that. If you'd come forward during the invitation song.
or if there's one here that would like the prayers of the church, we'd, we'd help you with that if you'd come as together we stand and sing.